Awesome. Who's already lit their fire and had it going for at least 24 hours? No one? Last night counts, yeah. Last night was the coldest night. Minus four on Tuesday, everyone. Make sure you rug up. I want to let you know about a couple of things this morning. And then we're going to hear from Charmaine. She's going to come up here with me and we're going to have a chat about Sri Lanka. Because if you are just visiting today, it's actually our, this month is Missions Month. And so what that means is, it's not about taking up offerings, it's not about anything like that. What it means is, we just want to talk about the impact of your giving all over the world. That's all it is. And so we're really excited to hear from Charmaine today to do with Sri Lanka. And so as she comes and as Andy brings these stools, look how, look how strong he is. He's so strong and attractive. <laughs> I want to let you know about um, the, a leadership Zoom. So if you are a connect leader, if you are any kind of leader, if you, are, if you would like to grow in your leadership capacity, um, Pastor Braun and Pastor Daz are holding a leadership Zoom on Monday nights and it's once every month. And so it's actually tomorrow night at 8pm. And if you would like the details to join in that, just to develop your skills, to learn from them a little bit, then you can come and see me after the service and I will hook you up and it will be awesome. All right. And one last thing, um, AYF. Who, have you heard of AYF? Most of you here would have heard of AYF. Stands for Armadale Youth Futures and basically it exists... Um, so that we can have a chaplain, a Christian chaplain in in our local high school, SRE teacher in our local high school. (laughs) So um, this is a, I mean, it's amazing that this can still happen here in Australia, that this is available to our students and we're very excited. So um, the 22nd, which is this Saturday, right? Yes. Um, We are having a fundraising dinner I've emailed probably most of you have heard about it already, but I just wanted to mention it again this morning because what an opportunity. It's so important and so wonderful. And this opportunity is like right before us and it's, you know, it's available. Why don't we reach out with both hands and grab it? So if you would like to help in keeping an SRE teacher in our um, public school, it'd be awesome if you could buy a ticket and come to the dinner. You get fed. It's going to be amazing. You can come and see me as well if you want more details about that. And I can send them to you. Charmaine. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this this morning. Um, I'm just going to hand over to you. And maybe if you would just tell us to begin with um, how long ACC has been supporting Sri Lanka. And what are the, like some pivotal, some pivotal moments and some pivotal things that have happened since then? Okay. ACC has supported Sri Lanka, I think, for the last 30 years. Um, we came to Australia in 84, and uh, our first opportunity to go back was in 86. And 87, on the 1st of January, we, met, we went to an Assemblies of God church in the hill country, as you can see up there. When we say hill country, it's right in the central hills, and it's where the tea plantations are. And we met, met up with this pastor who, who was a Hindu convert, and... Uh, and his vision and what God had placed in his heart was that he starts churches in all of these, you know, as many tea plantations as he could possibly do. And his testimony and his story was just so fantastic that, you know, we kept uh, in touch with him for two years. And then when we had opportunity to go back again, we approached the leadership of this church and asked them, you know, could you support one of these pastors? Because 
people in the tea plantations don't earn much money and they cannot support a pastor and this was a church planting um, ministry that had begun and uh, so the leadership agreed and we started from there for, uh, since two, uh, 1990, so that's 30 years. And in that time, God has done some amazing things. We have had the church and many, many individuals who have supported. And one of the things is this pastor over the years, now it is all these 30 years, there is over 95 churches that have been planted. And yes, and they have had this tremendous program by, the, by which they have trained young people who have put their hand up and said, we want to be part of this ministry and brought them on into the church as young Timotheans who are being trained. And when they have uh, realized that some of them had the potential, some of them had then been sent to the Bible College. So we have had people here who have even supported the training of these pastors financially in the Bible College. And when they have come out, they have been sent to a district to start the ministry and uh, you know, they started as a prayer group, then a house church, and then, uh, by God's grace, you know, they have had a church. So our church here, I mean, and people through Armadale and our friends here, we have been instrumental in building three churches for them. But above all, uh, the pastors need traveling. And up the mountains, if there are more images, if you can see, there are, you know, they, they need transport, and it's so difficult to get to places that... Um, a motorcycle is one good way because there's not roads like you have here. You know, it's, sometimes it's a footpath. You know, and to get to places to visit their congregation, to share the gospel, do the ministry. And that is what they have been doing. And um, so there have been 48 motorcycles to this day uh, that has been given to the various 48 pastors to do that ministry. And many of those bicycles have come through individual uh, support, individual sponsor, I mean, money that has been given. So it is an, a tremendous, tremendous blessing that this little church uh, has been to, to people back back in Sri Lanka, in the hill country there, yeah. That's so wonderful. So this is a great reminder. You have been a part of this. Yeah. So yeah. through all our giving every week, um, you, you, your money, your generosity, this is what we are achieving as a church together. Right. And we're so grateful. And yeah. the people's lives are being changed yeah. all over the world, yeah. Sri Lanka and all over the world. So we yeah. praise God for that. Yeah. Charmaine, do you have any other... Talk about a massive highlight or a massive challenge that we've overcome and tell us a story about that. Oh, well, the stories <laughs> are endless. There are so many stories that we can, we can tell you. But um, for me, it started off when I first went back. You know, I just prayed and said, Lord, you have brought me to this country. Make me a blessing. That was the only prayer. I had never, I had no idea that I was going, going to meet this pastor, which I had never met before. I had no idea what God had in plan. So that's how, you know, it started. Just make me a blessing. So the story goes, we met up with this man, and now he is retired, and, you know, the work continues on. And then, you know, in that time, um, there is one, you know, mo the money that we send from this church mostly are given as uh, their wages for the pastors because, as I said, you know, not every church can support their pastors. And I met this 15-year-old uh, girl in the church, and uh, she was, bro was uh, brought to the church from a very far away place because she had 
very severe issues, mainly uh, demonic possession, and she was not being able to be controlled in the house, and someone had mentioned that there's this church that prays for people. And you know, for Westerners, it's very hard to understand what this is, but for those who have some inkling, and uh, the worship that goes on, and the sacrifices, and the you know parents dedicate their children, this is tremendous. It's just terrible, you know, the oppression that these children face. And so I met with this girl, and we, I got to know her, and she stayed on the church uh, for a long time. She got healed, she got delivered, and then she showed interest, and she grew up as a, a beautiful Christian girl, and they saw potential in her, and they sent her to a Bible college, and she went into Bible college, and she did her three-year training there, and she came out of Bible college, and she met a young man there, and she got married to him, and today the two of them uh, are um, pastoring a church in a different district, and all that because of God's mercy and grace and deliverance. And so this church is uh, supporting them. They are giving them their wages. And I, you know, we t I talk to them at least once a month, maybe, or a little bit sometimes more. Or late. And they're doing great. They're doing great. And the love of God and the service and the dedication and their faith is Im tremendous. So this is one, one of the stories. There's many, 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 many stories like that, yeah. yeah. That's awesome, Charmaine. Thank you so much for sharing. So if our family here... If we were to pray for certain things, is there anything specific at the moment that we could pray for? Well, at the moment, uh, the images that you see there is in 2020. So these these pastors, the young, the guy that you see and and his wife, they're also pastoring a church. He his church was built by by by, by people from Armadale. And uh, he is now doing his outreach and wanting to start other churches as well. So 2020, these images are from 2020. When they had a little break from COVID and lockdown, they went, went again and they went, uh, you know, they go out and they uh, go evangelizing. They have like a little tent meeting or here somebody had uh, allowed them to go into one of their sheds and that's where the meeting is happening. And they invite people and people come, crowds of people come and they share the gospel. And so if you want to pray, pray that souls would be want, want uh, to the kingdom. And that's, that's exactly what they are doing. And that's, about, that's what mission's about, bringing people to Christ. And that's what they are doing. And then that they would be established, that they would, people would be discipled. So you need workers, you need the resources, you need everything. And so when they have established and they have got a group of people, they start all over again. They have a house church and then they build into a church and then, you know, they need a uh, building for the church. So there is numerous ways that, you know, they, they can be helped. But prayer is the key thing. Prayer is the key thing. As you remember them, as you have your Sri Lankan cup of tea, remember them. And say, God, here are people who are working in these plantations who, wanna, who, who need to know you. And pray for them and pray for the pastors that God will give them open doors. It's not easy because there is persecution. There is a lot of opposition uh, when these things happen. But if you can pray and, you know, if God touches you to give financially, so be it. But prayer is the key. Prayer is the key thing. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. So, Charmaine, would you just lead us in a prayer now yeah. for everybody yeah. in Sri Lanka? Yeah. 
So, Father God, we just thank you, God, that, Lord, in your great and mighty plan, Father, something that we have not even thought of, God, that you used this church, you used Armadale, you used every person who gives something to the kingdom of God, who gives their tithes and offering, oh God. You take a portion of that, oh God, and you make it a blessing to the nations, Father. And, Lord, today you, we, are, we are praying for Sri Lanka, who you saw, oh God, as a nation that needs you, as a people, oh God. And, Lord, you have done immense things. For that, we are grateful grateful and we give thanks father so lord we pray for them even now that they cannot even meet today as churches because of the, of the lockdown but god we know that there are praying people that they call upon you there's 24 hours prayer going on everywhere father god we god we commit them we commend them to you god father we have so much to learn from them god father we pray that lord you would strengthen them yes. lord you would give them wisdom you yes. would give them understanding that every believer will remain strong in your faith oh god yes, lord that they would trust you through these difficult times yes. you you would provide for them, O oh God, for their food, for their clothing, for everything that they need, O oh God. Father, that you would be their provider. You give them their daily bread, O oh God. You know their sufferings. You know those who are suffering with COVID, O oh God. Father, we ask, O oh God, that, Lord, you would be gracious to this land. As we have prayed for India and Nepal, O oh God, you would do the same for this, this little island, too, O oh God. And, Father, we want to give you honor. We want to give you glory because, yes, Lord, we ask that through this time, Oh God, that Lord, your name would be made known, yes, and your Christians would share the love of Christ yes. and the goodness of God at this time, Lord. Mm. So thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Yes, in God. Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you so much, Charmaine. All right. We are going to read the word this morning together. Why don't you grab your Bible? Thanks, Kesh. Who has a paper Bible? Three people, awesome. <laughs> That's great. And um, we're going to open in the book of Proverbs today. So if you are new, if you are visiting Proverbs, if you have a Bible, it's like smack in the middle and just after Psalms. Is everyone all right? Okay, let me pray for you real quick. God, today our prayer is that when we hear your word, we would not go away and remain unchanged. Lord, would you speak to us today? God, would you draw us closer to you, God, so that we can be more like you in Jesus' name? And everybody said, amen. Awesome. So I have had lots of conversations recently about, about trust, about trust. So we're going to talk about trust today, the value of trusting God and that it can be difficult to trust anybody. Anybody like, this is so easy, I can trust God in anything, everything's going to be breezy, no? Trust can be a tricky thing, hey? So we're going to talk about that this morning, the value of trusting God and what that means. And, you know, it can be difficult and we have these thoughts like, how can I trust God when this is happening? And how can I trust God when that is happening? And trust in general, especially for our culture here in Australia, it can just be a little bit tricky and a little bit rocky. And I'd love to say, like, I'd love to give you a really, like, cushy, like, easy answer to this. Um, but actually, like most important things in life, um, the important things require a little bit of thought, Yeah. A little bit of prayer, a little bit of analysis, and that's what we're going to do today. So if you're going great today and life is super breezy, that's awesome. And can we please all come to your house for lunch and you can pray for us and feed us. 
Um, if life is breezy for you, you just want to take what you hear today, write it down, put it in your back pocket for, for when you need it, okay? This is an equipping. It's going to be great. It's going to be good no matter where you are, no matter where you are. So if you've been in church for a while, maybe you've heard this before, and if you haven't, um, Proverbs, from which we're going to read today, is a chunk in the Bible, and it was written by a king of Israel named Solomon. Can someone please name their kid Solomon? Who's having a baby anytime soon? No, who's got a puppy? Chickens, anyone. Like Solomon is a great name. I love it. It's beautiful. I would use that name. How beautiful. So King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. So um, Proverbs, a proverb, not just the book of Proverbs, but a proverb, is basically, or used to be written as like condensed wisdom in a way that people could understand. So you could remember it and you could understand it. And then also the purpose was that a proverb would be read aloud to a group of people and then a wise teacher would be there to expound upon what they'd heard. So it's easy to remember, it's full of wisdom, but then it's meant to be explored and expounded upon. And so that's what we're going to do today. So... Probably one of the most famous proverbs about trust is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. You can turn there if you've got your Bible. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Maybe you in your Bible it says in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So what is trust? I'd like to talk about what trust really is today because I think when we have a wrong understanding of what trust is, we can actually end up quite disappointed (laughs) unknowingly because we don't really understand what it is. So there's a few Hebrew words that we've translated to trust in the Bible and each of them lend like a slightly different angle or a slightly different flavor to the idea, to the concept of trust and that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you've got a notepad and a pen... I've actually, when we read through this on the screen, I've included some Strong's numbers. So if you want to look anything up and if you want to research anything yourself, you can do that. So we are going to look at this first word. Can everyone say kasa? No, you have to go. Yeah, probably shouldn't do that in COVID times, hey. I take that back. Don't do that. This is one word for trust. And so we find it in Psalm 18 and it says this, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. So that word, that word there, trust, kasa, it has the meaning of to like lean on something or to lean on someone. So can you imagine, and maybe this has happened to you, you are out walking in the bush and you like sprain your ankle. Leah Pippos, has that happened to you? No. Just a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, you sprain your ankle and so you're halfway through the walk and then what happens? You can't, your friend kind of has to like, you're doing this one, hey, your friend's got it. And so that's, that's what this implies. Like you, maybe you're injured, maybe you're tired, but you need something or someone to lean on, right? That's what this word, casa, that's what this word means. And so God is the one that we lean on when things get tough. And we can also lean on our family and friends for support as well. So what does this mean? If I am trusting God, trusting God in my situation, it means I'm leaning on him, means I'm being supported by him in the midst of what's happening, in the midst of what's happening. Maybe I'm injured, maybe I'm tired, but I can lean on him and he will hold me up. So 
<laughs> That's one. Awesome. So the second word for trust we're going to look at is betach. <laughs> I'm just going to pronounce it in English, okay? Because I don't want to give everyone germs. Betach. <laughs> and uh, we've actually been talking in our connect group about the difference between faith and trust. And this is one of the words um, for trust in the Bible. And so we find this in Proverbs, which is the one that we've already read. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. We're going to look at this verse in particular in depth real soon. So this word, batak, it has, um, it has the um, emphasis of like to cling, like to cling to, to cling to. And so there's a related word for a fruit that would have grown at the time that this was written, which I'm not going to try and pronounce either. But the fruit would cling to the vine. So the fruit was attached to the vine. And this particular fruit that I cannot pronounce was large, large, like a melon, large fruit. But the vine was actually quite small. And so when, when we use this, when, they've, when Solomon uses this word, this is, this is what's in his mind, this clinging, this attaching to the vine, this attaching to the vine. And so it's kind of like this in our own lives. Our problems can seem really big, like this fruit that is attached to the vine. But what happens when the fruit is attached to the vine? Can anyone guess? What's the purpose of the vine? To nourish. Amen. Yes, to nourish the fruit. And so maybe our problems seem massive, um, but we're not doing this in our own strength. We are being nourished and sustained by God. And um, God is, is described in the Bible in lots of places as our vine. So to cling to, to cling to, and this idea of being nourished. And the nourishment isn't coming from us. So if I'm trusting God in my current situation, I'm clinging to him. I'm connected to him in the midst of what's happening. And he is sustaining and nourishing me in the midst of what's happening. Trust, betak, he's sustaining me. He's nourishing me in the midst of what's happening. Next word, yakal. (laughs) And I'm going to read from, this is from Isaiah. It says, mercy and justice are coming soon. Salvation is on the way. My strong arm will bring justice to the nations. All distant lands will look to me and wait in hope. Yakal, wait in hope for my powerful arm. This is Isaiah 51. So this word here is usually translated as hope. But it doesn't mean to like, oh, I hope this happens as in like, I wish that this would happen. It means I know. It's a knowing. (laughs) It's not just I hope it happens. I I know it will. And so this particular word here, it means that we know something will happen. So we don't just hope that God is with us. We know. We know that he is. We know that God is with us. And in this passage, so there's this image of God's arm, right? Can you imagine that? God's arm. This is what Isaiah has just been talking about. And the word arm here, it's kind of interchanged with strength, the word strength. And so this passage then is saying that the people will know, not just wish, but they will know that God's strength, God's arm, God's strength will save them. Who needs a bit of that in their life? Praise God, he's with us all the time. So if I'm trusting God in my current situation, I know that his strong arm of support in the midst of what's happening, I know it's present. I know that his strength will save me, not my own. Not my own. Say, not my own. His strength. And we know his strength will save us. And this works with the idea of, you've heard this before, right? Oh, I'm doing it in my own strength. Or maybe you're doing it in your own strength. This is, this is what this is like kind of getting at. 
We're not relying on our own strength. We know and we trust in God's arm, in God's strength. How good is that? Knowing his strength will save us. Next word is aman. Um, And so maybe you've heard, sometimes we say amen. Who says amen when you pray? Like everybody here, right? Amen. So we're going to read from Micah. This is a little bit weird. Don't freak out. It says, do not trust a neighbor. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Put no confidence in a friend. (laughs) Even with the woman who lies in your embrace. (laughs) Guard the words of your lips. Now, what this isn't saying, guys, what this, please don't go home and say this is what the pastor said. What this isn't saying is to never trust your friends or to never trust your wife, okay? It's not. It's not saying that. That's not the takeaway here. But this appearance of aman, it actually, aman means firm, firm. So if you think about firm ground for a moment or a firm foundation, right, it means firm. So it's not saying don't trust your neighbor, don't trust your friend, don't trust your wife. Definitely trust your wife, okay? What it means is don't make another friend, another neighbor, your wife, your husband, your firm foundation, Don't make them the foundation. It doesn't mean we don't trust them. But the Bible is talking about God in this sense, nobody else. Who knows people will disappoint you? (laughs) Yeah, 100%, every time, every time. And so it's saying let's not make another person who God should be. No one else can be this firm foundation, this firm foundation. So if I'm trusting God in my current situation, I'm choosing a firm footing, a firm footing, a firm foundation in the midst of what's happening. I'm not relying on other fallible, imperfect people, no matter how great they are, and lots of people are great and we love them, but we're not looking for unshakable stability in another human because that's something that only God can do for us, only he can do. So if we look at these words, what have we learned from these words now? What does it mean to really trust God? What does this mean to trust God? If we condense it down, I'll condense it down for you. Here's what it means. To trust God, it means we lean on him. It means we cling to him and he sustains us and nourishes us. It means we know and not just wish that his strength will save us and not our own. And it means he's a firm foundation. So this is a little bit different, isn't it, to the Western idea that, and maybe you've thought this and I have too, if I trust God everything's going to work out the way I would like it to work out. Who's, who's, maybe unknowingly, maybe unknowingly, you haven't even articulated that in your mind or with your words, but there is this expectation that if I trust God, things will work out the way I would like them to. I've been there. I have done that. Maybe you have too. But this is a little bit different, isn't it? And the huge bummer that happens when we equate trusting God with things working out the way I want them to is we actually set ourselves up for disappointment by having this expectation and we feel so disappointed we feel that deep disappointment we've set ourselves up for disappointment by thinking this way maybe God doesn't love me maybe God won't come through for me but God is trustworthy right he is God is trustworthy so maybe we've just got the wrong idea of what the fruit of trust really is the product of trust So we all know that Facebook is the most reliable place to gather information. And so I asked some of my friends this week, (laughs) 
What's your biggest barrier to trusting God? Like what gets in the way for you? What makes you not want to trust God? What's your biggest barrier in trust? And almost everybody said exactly the same thing. And I'll read some of them to you. Um, And I could relate to all of them. And I'm sure you can too. So the first one is like being let down or disappointed by other people. Yeah? Anyone's experienced that? Being let down or disappointed by another person? But people aren't God, hey? People aren't God. So we need to remember (laughs) people aren't God. Someone said past experiences. Yep, I relate. Someone said painful experiences. Yes, your lived experience. Yes, I relate. Disappointment. Yes, this can be a barrier in how we trust God. Definitely. Someone said, when there's an outcome that I want, and trusting God can mean that the outcome is different to what I want. (laughs) That's a barrier. That's a barrier of trust. And so all of these things, they actually really deserve a huge conversation on their own, each thing that I've just mentioned. So I'm not dismissing them and we're not gliding past them today. But there are some factors in our lived experience that I found helpful to consider, and I think that maybe we should consider them together. So firstly, the world is actually broken. It is. I know. It's not super cheery. It sucks a little bit, but it is what it is for now, right? The world is a little bit broken. And because the world is broken, it means there's a whole bunch of other things in the world that they don't work either. They don't work like they should either. And secondly, sin and selfishness exist. We know it to be true. People are not perfect. But just as Jesus has begun to fix all things, initiated by his resurrection, salvation and restoration are actually on the way. Maybe you have heard, has anyone heard of like the now and not yet nature of the kingdom of God? So what that means is Jesus' resurrection, his beginning to set things right in the world has begun because he has risen again, right? This is his work in the world, the work of the Holy Spirit in the world that God would restore all things. But it's, we're not 100% there yet, right? You know when, like, um, what's a good example? When a video game is loading and it's like 80%. And you're like, come on, there's still 20% to go. You know, has anyone ever been in that situation? No, just me. It's frustrating because it's nearly there, but it's not quite. And so this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the world and God's beginning to restore the world that will be restored when Jesus returns. Amen. Who's looking forward to that? The setting right of everything. This is the Christian hope, the setting right of everything. This is the big picture. And so let's, with that in mind, let's look at, the, at Proverbs again. So grab your Bible, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. We're going to look a little bit more closely. So verse 5, it says, trust God with everything and don't lean on your own understanding. So we trust God and we don't rely on our own understanding or what we can see to figure things out. So there's two instructions here. Hey, the first instruction is trust God. But then it says, and like as well as doing that, on top of that, and don't rely on your own understanding. So there's two steps to this. We trust him, but also we need to remember to not rely on our own understanding. And then it goes on in verse 6. It says, in all your ways. Say ways. Ways. So this Hebrew word means in all your ways. It means on your journey, in the distance you travel, in the manner in which you travel, in all your ways, in all your ways. And then it says, acknowledge him. Maybe you have submit. And this Hebrew word here is translated as uh, uh, acknowledge, 
Um, but it actually means to know, to know, like to deeply know. In all your ways, know him. In all your ways, know him. So in the manner in which you journey, on your journey, in all your ways, the manner in which you live, know him. This is what it's saying. In all your ways, acknowledge him, know him. And then it says, and he will make your paths straight. So this sounds kind of cool because who doesn't like a straight path? Like it's great for skateboarding, it's great for, it's smooth, there's like no bumps in it, right? Um, I just want to show you in this day and age when this proverb was written by King Solomon, what the country surrounding him was like. So if we can go to that next slide. So this is Israel. This is in and around Israel. You can see how rocky it is, right? It's really rocky. It's really dry. It's really hilly. Yeah, it's incredible, hey? Very dry, very rocky, very hilly. And so the reason that this is important, that we should consider this, is that um, Israel is renowned for being rocky and hilly, Um, But this metaphor would have meant so much to the people of the day who were used to this kind of scenery, this kind of terrain where everything, there is no easy path. (laughs) If you want to get your sheep to the next place, it's a long journey. It's a rocky journey. It is steep. There's not a lot of water. I have to carry my kids with me, whatever it might be. This is a difficult difficult journey. And so when King Solomon writes this to the audience of the day, if you trust God, he will make your paths straight. He's actually saying something to them that would have been far more significant in that day than what we read now. And I think that this is really important. So children and animals, imagine it carrying heavy loads on your back, navigating obstacles, there's rocks everywhere, it's dry, it's hot. Life can be tricky and hilly, can't it? It can. My life is. I don't know about yours. But God can lead us through on level paths so that we know that we're not alone. He can. He can. He can do that. He's so kind. He can lead us in a way that we will not get lost, that we will not become stuck. And even if we do get stuck or get lost, he still doesn't abandon us. (laughs) How amazing. We, We have a little dog. His name's Max. I'm happy to argue that he is the cutest dog in the world. Like, I will have an argument with you this other if you want. I'm convinced he's the cutest puppy in the world. Maybe second only to Milo. Yep. Yeah, Milo's awesome. We take him to the pine forest sometimes. And sometimes we would let him off the leash. And he will just run. He will just run everywhere. And he has like this long hair. So whenever he runs anywhere, he comes back and he's like covered in like burrs and grass seeds. And it's, it's wild. Like we have to brush them all out and it's a lot of work. And I'm feeling stressed out just talking about that. So we let him off the leash and he'll like run everywhere. He'll smell. He'll smell something. He'll smell a rabbit. He will find another dog. I don't know how big the pine forest is. I'm guessing it's like... I don't know, maybe six or seven acres. He is like off. After like half an hour of looking at him, we're having this serious discussion. Like, should we just go home and buy a new dog in the morning? Because I don't think he's coming back. Like, let's just leave him here. Let's call it a day. Let's go home and have dinner. I can't see him. I can't hear him. I don't know where he is. He's, not, he's never coming back. Do you know God will never do that to you? 
No matter where you are, no matter how stuck you are, no matter what is happening, he will never leave you. He will never say, it's too hard. Let's just leave that one there and we'll start again with a new one. Never. He is not like that. He's so good and so kind. He's so wonderful. He would never do this. Aren't you glad that we're not God (laughs) and God is God? (laughs) So we could read, in light of all of this, we could read Proverbs 3 like this. It could say, on your journey, in the distances you travel, and in the manner in which you travel, in the manner in which you live, know God and he will lead you through the mountains and valleys. Know God and he will lead you through the mountains and valleys. So when things get difficult, often that's the time that we distance ourselves from God. Hey, have you ever done that? I have. I'm not going to church this Sunday. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read my Bible. Stuff is hard. Where is God? What is he doing? Sometimes they're the moments we distance ourselves. But actually, if we understand that our trust of God is related to how well we know him, the sensible thing would be to draw close to him because the more we know him, the more we have the capacity to trust him. Let's not run away from him when things get hard, hey? So knowing God and the capacity that we have to trust him, we actually can't separate that. We can't separate it. They are, they need to go together. We know him, so we trust him. So if we're we're having trouble trusting today, that's just a sign that it's time to prioritize knowing him, knowing him more, knowing him more. So like any spiritual choice or step of faith that, you know, happens to be before us in our journey, there are things that we can do to propel ourselves forward or to remain stagnant, yeah? Who would like to propel themselves forward in this area of trust? I would. I would always propel ourselves forward in this area. And so I would love for like our whole church to move forward and to move further and to move deeper in our trust and our knowledge of God. And so if we are to do so, there's three allies. There are three great partners or three companions of trust. So I asked Dan, Dan Saunders, how can I say this in like not a boring way? <laughs> and, and he's like, hmm, you know Dan, everyone knows Dan. He's like, he goes, hmm. What rhymes with trust? Must. The must. The musts of trust. Trust mustard. This is what he came up with. Trust mustard. So I'm like, yes, Dan, that's great. So three, three things that are the trust mustard. The musts of trust that we're going to talk about before we pray together. The first thing is wise friends. Wise friends. So what I would love to do, if we had the technology to do this and it was legal, legal, I would clone Charmaine and I would send a Charmaine home with everybody today <laughs> just to be with you and just, I know there's nods everywhere, Charmaine, we all, we're going to clone you. When, as soon as it becomes legal, it's going to be a thing, definitely. <laughs> we all need someone like this who will draw us back to God, who will bring our minds back, who will bring our emotions back, who will lend wisdom when we need it. This is why, like, God is so kind to even, you know, all through the Bible, we see God talking about 
um, setting the lonely in families and not neglecting meeting together and all of these things. Like we are meant to exist together and this is one of those reasons. We all need a Charmaine, right? We all need someone who will be beside us because this will help us to trust. The further we drift without anybody keeping us accountable, our trust begins to wane and and that's not what we want. We want our trust to grow and to thrive. And so wise friends... So have you got someone who will bring you back to a place of trust, who will encourage you, who will feed you and who will keep you on track? We all need those people. Make sure you can name them. Have a little think now. If you can't name anyone now, this is a good day to decide to find someone and ask this person to be that for you. Number two, truth over emotion. Truth over emotion. Emotions aren't meant to be ignored, are they? But they're information. It's information. And, but they're not always true. The truth is that God hasn't left you. He hasn't. The truth is that he's given us his Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to lead us. And he's given his, us his word to be taught and encouraged and strengthened. And so in this regard, it's actually quite a stretch to say that God has left us. Because he hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us the word. If things are feeling a bit shaky, maybe we need to ask, am I in the word? Am I hearing the Holy Spirit? And am I ever praying as I need to be praying? And this will help to draw us back. So truth over emotion. Circumstances might not be what we want. People might disappoint us. The world is broken, but trusting God in the manner that we've talked about this morning, it will actually cause us to thrive and cause our trust to thrive. So whatever you need to do to make that happen, to saturate your heart and soul in the truth, that's a great thing to do this week. Just decide this week, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find that person. I'm going to go to connect group, whatever it is. These These are the things that we need to do to cause trust to thrive. And number three is big picture. So maybe you've read this and Jesus says in John 16, he says, in this world you will have trouble. You will have trouble. And then he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so maybe this is new to you and you might be asking, what does this mean? Because things are not feeling very overcoming right now. Has anyone felt like that? Things are not working out really right now. What's going on, God? But, so Romans talks about the whole creation, and we've, we've hinted at this already, the whole creation waiting in expectation for redemption and restoration. This is, this is the work that Jesus has begun. This is the hope of everyone who follows Jesus, that the restoring work that Jesus has begun will continue to happen until he finishes the work of making things right in the world. So Jesus' death on the cross, it's not just about our salvation. It is, and that's amazing, but it's not just about that. God is in the business of restoring, (laughs) restoring things and restoring people. This is who he is. This is his character. He wants to restore everything that is broken. I love this. I love this about Jesus. So this is the big picture hope, isn't it? The world will be made right. Things will be restored, and until it is, We're not alone. We're not alone. We can trust God in the manner that we've spoken about today. We can trust him in everything. How can we lose in this? We can't. We can't. It's amazing. So why don't you stand where you are? We're going to pray for one another this morning.
And just a couple of questions. I don't know if they're up on the screen. A couple of questions to take with you. The first one is, am I feeding trust with truth? Second one is, am I allowing wise people to speak into my life? Am I renewing my mind? And do I need to zoom out a little bit and remember? Jesus is in the business of restoring. It's not over. It's not over. This work of restoration will continue, especially as we draw close to him, as we draw close to him. Awesome. Let's just take a moment. If you want to close your eyes, if you want to just like settle your own heart for a moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. You are speaking. And that nothing that we're facing is too hard for you to lead us through, God. Lord, I pray right now in each of us, God, that you would just draw our hearts closer to you in this very moment. God, that as we draw closer to you and as we decide to know you, to know you, to know who you are, Holy Spirit, that you would just ignite a new trust in our hearts today. God, that you would cause trust to flourish in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds today. I thank you, God, that you haven't left us. You would never leave us. But Holy Spirit, that you're with us always, ready to lead us through the rocky places, through the hilly places, through the dry places as well. God, I want to pray for everyone just now who is just feeling a little bit dry in your spirit. (laughs) Like things aren't like they used to be. You you don't have that fire in your heart. You don't have that fire in your spirit. You know, there's nothing we need to do to work that up right now. We can ask the Holy Spirit. We can ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us. To reveal again the love of God toward us. So God, I pray for those hearts right now, Lord. Those dry hearts, God, that you would just begin to cause them, Lord, to, to flourish. God, to be watered by your word. God, I pray for those with dry hearts this morning that you would even send people across their paths this week to speak a word of life, to bring rejuvenation. In Jesus' name. And God, for all of us here this morning, we pray that what we've heard today, Holy Spirit, you would keep on speaking to us. God, that as we go through our week this week, that you continue, God, just to draw us close so that we can know you, so that we can trust you. We just want to know you, God, so that we can trust you because you're so good. You are trustworthy, God. You are. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for the work of restoration that you have already begun, that is happening all the time as we draw close to you. You are restoring things. You, are, you will restore all things, God. This is our hope, but not just the wishing kind of hope, the knowing kind of hope. We know that this is who you are, God. 
So Lord, I pray right now for just renewed courage, God, for everybody in the building, renewed courage, renewed strength, renewed trust to face whatever it is we need to trust, whatever it is we need to do this week. God, trusting you the whole way. Thank you, God, that you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, everybody. Have a great week this week. Hey, don't forget about Leadership Zoom. If you would like to develop develop that area of your life, come see me. I'll give you that um, link and we'd love to have you at Leadership Zoom tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. God bless you.